Welcome to the Digiday Podcast. I'm Brian Marcy. This week, I'm joined by Joe Marchese. Joe is the former Fox executive who is now the CEO of Attention Capital, an investment firm and operating company that's focused on those media companies that, you guessed it, capture attention. Attention has already acquired one property, Girl Boss. Joe and I discuss why he thinks the attention economy is in what he calls a state of subprime and why you can still build an ad-supported media company in 2020, but just not one that's based on CPM display ads. Hope you enjoy it. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. We've known each other so long. We have. This is this is a serious throwback here. I know. So going back to social vibe, you're, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about social vibe later. Okay. Um, but what you're doing, I mean, you've had a you've had a, a really fascinating career. I mean, I think when we first uh, knew each other, um, you know, you had a startup then, mm-hmm. um, and you went through that startup. It pivoted. You did the pivot and everything mm-hmm. like this. Yep. You sold it. Yep. You had an exit. That happened. Um, and then instead of doing the, the sort of serial entrepreneur route, you went into like a large media organization. Yeah. And so um, you, you saw the, the innards of that. You're right. Yeah. Um, and now you're back sort of on, I would say the investor side, but something more. Explain what attention is. So, I mean, attention is a company. It's it's an operating company. Um, It's just a company that's built to buy other companies um, and and kind of that fit a particular thesis. Okay. What's the thesis? Uh, That the entire global economy runs on top of the attention economy, uh, of which advertising is the most visible market, um, and that the attention economy is in a state of subprime. Okay, explain. Um, the metrics, I like the subprime. Thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the the metrics that we use to measure uh, attention, uh, or that we use to represent attention, are becoming less and less tied to what people are actually spending their time doing. So I think that there's uh, an opportunity right now to say that there are things that have better and more attention or higher quality attention than the metrics give them credit for. Um, I mean, you guys talk about this plenty on Digiday as you cover the industry of advertising, but in the in the chase of really what we'd call vanity metrics, impressions and page views, yeah. and um, they're so uncoupled from what people are is actually what quality attention is, and so therefore things that have quality attention are probably undervalued. I'll, I'll put it simpler. Um, we've kind of convinced the world's been convinced by by big tech for the most part that everything can be measured um, and if you can't measure it don't buy it yeah. and that to me makes makes me think everything that's hard to measure is probably undervalued yeah but you've kind of been on about this for a while yeah right I yeah because i can remember talking to you about different like different metrics cp fill mm-hmm. in the blank and mm-hmm. and, and whatnot um, right. because you saw the problems when it comes to CPC or CPM, right? Um, and then I'm sure, like within within Fox, you saw the the limits, particularly of of, of how TV is measured. Yeah, and and, and you know it's funny. Uh, people assume that you know you'd really hate TV measurement uh, as a digital person. Yeah, but to be honest, like I'm kind of bullish on panel data because panel data it's hard to okay. fraud. Uh, like like I mean. They, you know, there's there can be entire phone farms, you know, in other countries that 
uh, census data, like digital data picks yeah. up. But so the digital guys that were always, and usually they were all guys, mm-hmm. uh, were always railing against Nielsen and how terrible Nielsen is. And yeah. then you get to the other side and you're like, actually, this isn't that no. bad. No, it's not that bad. Uh, I will say, like, look, Nielsen can be inaccurate, but there's not a warehouse full of TVs racking off fake impressions, <laughs> right? Like, like, panel data is a representation of uh, what a certain set of people are doing, and then you extrapolate, like, this is how much time we have. Like, the, you know, it, it's all the classic things. Like, every every Q4, there's more ad impressions in the world, in, in yeah. the digital world. Do you yeah. think more people are watching more ads in Q4, or do you think we're just trying to shove them in there? So this is all true. So why in the world, of all the things that you would want to invest in, mm-hmm. would media? I mean, it seems like a terrible... A, yeah. I, I don't want to talk you out of it. Joe, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's too late. I kind of do. It's too late. It's too late. I'm, I'm here. But uh, explain to me why this is an opportunity. So I actually think that I think there's a couple of things that that are huge opportunities right now, which is um, as platforms grow and as as they chase these vanity metrics, trust begins to erode, right? Because quality goes down. I mean, look, all platforms are engineered towards volume, uh, not quality. And and what I mean by that is. They are, if you make something for a penny and sell it for two pennies, you've made a penny of profit. If you make something for $10 and sell it for $12, you've made $2 of profit. Humans like the $2 of profit. That makes sense. Computers say that, no, no, that penny was 100% margin. Let's do that a trillion times. Yeah. Right? And that is why you see like some of the largest advertisers in the world on, on the major platforms uh, are selling very low-cost goods, right? So same thing applies to products as applies to news. So in this world where trust is eroding, uh, the curator brands kind of become king. Like no one goes to the front page of Amazon to go shopping, right? You don't, you don't start at the front page and go, okay, I have time to go shopping. You come there with an idea of what you're going to buy. Um, and I think the great example of this is Wirecutter, right? I mean, Wirecutter, which, you, you know, uh, curates what electronics you should buy, um, has built trust with the community. Uh, obviously, the New York Times acquired it a while ago. But these curators, and Wirecutter, I think, is to the next evolution of of the web. I guess we're still calling it the web. We'll go with it for here. <laughs> what, what Craigslist was to the 1.0 version. Um, and then post Craigslist, there was Angie's List, and that was a brand being put on top of it. I mean, I have something to shock you uh, with. Uh, Angie did not meet every contractor on Angie's <laughs> List. Those are those are television commercials. Yeah, and that's a brand that got built up. And why does that matter? Well, because people would start there rather than starting at a search engine or starting at an open platform. I think what's interesting is you know particularly let's stick with the wire cutter as an example. I mean, people in media I think love love the wire cutter. I think with good reason. Um, Mostly because it's an anti-scale play, right? Mm-hmm. Like anything algorithmic, it seems like, is gamed. Yes. I mean, because when you go to Amazon and like, I don't know about you, but if I'm buying something, I was like, okay, the best seller, you know, best reviews or whatever. Right. And then you're like, you know, we've written about it. You know, there's yep. armies of fake 100%. reviewers. And yeah. Anything that can be gamed like that will be. And that's what brand, brands are supposed to be. So I, I'm a huge fan. Like, well, I am... I am anti a lot of things in the way advertising has kind of uh, polluted uh, the internet and chasing kind of the metrics that don't matter. Um, I'm a huge fan of brands. See, brands are the things that you hold responsible for or that you you give trust to, right? Like um, brandless, like uh, kind of commodities. If if there's you know lead in the toy or there you know the, the you know there are these classic stories of you know Tylenol and like. 
the the brand is the thing that consumers hold responsible. Like when you go to a platform, um, it's almost like you, they're extracting the margin from brands. And I think that there's a huge role to be played in, in consumers' minds to be building up brands that can be curators for them for different areas of life. Okay, so this was the, the, the thesis, differentiated. It's a good time because trust is... is you know, I think there, there was that article, I think Max Reed wrote it, the sort of everything is fake on the internet <laughs> a couple of years ago that sort of summed up this yeah. this period that, you know, we were talking over the years. Right. That it was all leading up to this, this subprimeness of, yep. of online advertising. Um, so you have a pile of money. Mm, uh, that would be nice. Right. No, you do, right? <laughs> yeah. We have some money. I mean, it's it's attention capital, so right. it must yeah. be capital. So it's a great way. Na- name your company capital, and people like yeah, really yeah. come and pitch you. No, I can only imagine. <laughs> um, so wh- how much? What is it, like $200 million? It's not n- Non-reported. Non-reported. Well, this yeah. is the time to, to talk about uh, it. No, no, no. <laughs> so what have you bought so far? Uh, so first partnered uh, with uh, James Murdoch's Lupa Systems. We bought the Tribeca Film Festival. Okay. Um, or invested in and bought controlling stakes together. And then uh, Girl Boss, most recently, Sofia Morosa's right. company. Okay, so explain each of those because they're different sure. types of properties, but why does this fit your right. thesis? Well, so you look at areas of life where people are looking for curation. Um, and so Tribeca in the entertainment space and, and Girl Boss kind of in uh, uh, employment, career, um, lifestyle. And so the way we look at it is at Attention Capital is there's two types of things. There's community brands. So, and we define a community brand as if they threw an event, would someone get on an airplane and go there? Uh, do they have permission to curate some aspect of the world? So think Tribeca, obviously mm-hmm. they have an event. Um, they literally curate films. They don't make all the films. They tell you, here's what to see. Would someone wear the brand on their t-shirt? They don't have to be an apparel company, but people would wear Tribeca uh, sure. on their t-shirt. And is the community self-sustaining without always having to make content, right? Because if you always have to make content, that's a treadmill that you have to run on versus is there a community of people so people go Mm -hmm. to the events. Um, The thing that gets most exciting about Tribeca is its ethos as a a brand that was founded after 9-11 downtown. We're here in downtown New York. And and the idea of independent storytelling and quality versus volume, like you just can't see that many movies, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to be able to curate down to a select few. All of those things mean that's a brand that we're incredibly excited about and a founder uh, and CEO and Jane Rosenthal that we want to work with and kind of expand. I'm struck that both of them have a quote-unquote events component. They're able to turn Mm -hmm. people out. Yep. Um, We we are big believers in this at Digiday. So I might be talking my own book here, but we, you know, I think that there is something to be said about, you know, and I think people are coming around to it, about being able to turn out a community of people. 100%. We are huge, huge believers in a a, uh, IRL to digital connection, real life to digital connection, that it's proof that you have that type of influence in the world, like versus, again, back to what you said, the algorithms can be gamed, but people showing up at a movie theater can't. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I always always went back to the sort of Game of Game of Thrones recaps. It's like, you know, the, the reason that there are so many Game of Thrones recaps is, I mean, it's not just because of, like, passion or the brand. Or stuff. It's, it's because that's what churned page views. Right, exactly. It's 100% right. I don't hate the player, Joe. Yeah. I hate the game. I, I, I agree, and I hate <laughs> some of the players. <laughs> <laughs> so what else are you, are you looking at out there, and how, how does this model work as... Mm-hmm. 
operating company versus holding company. Right. Well, I mean, it's an operating holding company. It's both in that, like, um, helping the companies kind of operate. So, I mean, I, I, you know, used to, used to be okay at, at selling advertising to people, uh, and, you know, to the tunes of, uh, large numbers. And, and I, you know, no one's going to hire me or could hire me to go run their ad sales group, but here I am helping Girlboss or helping Tribeca and thinking about new ways in which brands are going to work with them in ways that are actually mutually beneficial to the brand and to their platform. Um, uh, and so the team that we've put together at Attention Capital is kind of that group of people that there to help and provide infrastructure and support to these brands. And there's two types of companies that we're looking for. One is the community brands that I described earlier. So mm-hmm. a brand that can help curate a particular vertical. You know, we're also interested in travel, we're interested in food, et cetera. And then the other thing is technologies that favor quality over volume, right? So yeah. ticketing, subscription, like all the things that you know that favor these, this tech doesn't work very well for you know, one second page views in the trillions, but it works very well for highly engaged audiences at monetization and figuring out what that playbook yeah. is. And you're sort of agnostic about business model exactly. Like, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people now, particularly in the investment world, I think, you know, have cooled on any sort of ad-based model. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you see, you see people like... Um, like the athletic closing mm-hmm. a giant round mm-hmm. at a five hundred million dollar valuation, um, and it's it's all subscription. And now right. you know how this right. this yep. works. Yep. It's a children's soccer game. Yep. Like yeah, the ball yeah. goes to yeah. one yeah. side yeah, of the yeah, field, yeah. Yep. everyone goes after yep. that. Yep, six years old, six year olds playing soccer. Yeah, <laughs> it's that. No, but it, it, I mean, I, I think that I think rather than calling, like you can it build still. Can you? St- I guess I'll rephrase the question. Can you still build a advertising? based media company in 2020? You can build an advertising-supported media company in 2020. And what I mean by that is, one, it can't be pure CPM-based advertising because the numbers don't don't add up. Like the there are not enough M's out there these days. It, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. And 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 like and the pricing mechanisms have to be different. So non-CPM-based advertising is an important component. Um, you know, one of the things we're thinking a lot about with these platforms is, like, I mean, you look, you guys have to deal with this all the time. What is one podcast read worth to let's tell a telecom, right? What is one Instagram post worth? What is one story integration worth? What is and the problem with media has been... It's I would been, start with, what is your budget? Right. Well, that's great. <laughs> that, it's great. Is, is that how it works on sales? It, it, it kind of does. I mean, okay. it, it's like... But, but the truth is, it's very hard to measure. It's like the Heisenberg principle of, yeah. like, like, uncertainty principle in that, like, I can't measure what one thing is worth because there's just too many things to control for. And the problem with media has been that it's always been an arms dealer, right? It's like, I'll work with all three telcos, all four telcos, right? Yeah. And so how do you say, I'm going to help you with your outcomes because I'm going to work with all of you? Instead, I think that proprietary platforms is kind of the way it's going to go. So we say to beauty brand X, you know, this is going to be exclusive. And then they'll be with something like a girl boss and there'll be Instagram posts and there'll be gatherings and you'll, 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 we'll do the podcast and we'll, and at the end of a year, we'll actually be able, there's enough volume there to measure a movement in the community in terms of favorability towards your beauty brand purchase for your beauty brand rather than, and all exclusive, like there'll be no more arms dealership. But you know how it is like with, 
I mean, those beauty brands, how many partners can they work with? I mean, like, that sounds all great, right? you know, but you know the tyranny of the spreadsheet. I, I very, very, very much do. And I, <laughs> but I think that, like, I think that they're, the good news for what I'm doing now is I don't, you know, we don't need everybody, right? Like, we only need a couple that, right. that, that know. And then also I think we're, we're handpicking the brands that we think have enough impact that they can be thought of on their own. Uh, and then we'll scale them from there. Yeah. Give me your like sort of three interesting media trends right now of 2020 that you're focused on. You know, I do think so. You, you asked if uh, something could be ad supported. Could you build an ad supported media company? I think, uh, diversified revenue streams is, is everyone knows it. Like everyone's moved from just being a media company to a media and events company to a media events and, and subscription to a media. And then next week, something else. Right. And it's, you know, it's that often overused, but, uh, sorry, it's true that Disney, you know, sketch from 1957 where there's IP in the middle and then they've got parks and commerce and, and rides and whatever else. Right. And I think that that's actually like that in a mini sense mm-hmm. is everybody's. It, it Everyone has to wants be. franchises now. You, I mean, it's actually it's it's because people people can't organize the world with with all of the chaos and everything that's out there. We're creating more content every second than than all the people can watch. Where. Uh, you can't trust like people who are gaming the algorithms because it's just profitable to game it and get caught and do it again. And so people are looking for organizing principles. So I think one is that, okay, if I trust a brand, it can also bring me these other things. It gets permission to do other things. So that's one, the diversified revenue streams. I I think the continued march to metrics that just don't matter at all. Uh, I do think that, you know, I think that there will be in 2020, it'll be SEC violations of publicly traded companies that are just misrepresenting numbers, whether on purpose or not, that that'll be pretty interesting. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've thought for a long time about the subprime advertising. Yeah. And like just the amount. I feel like we talked about it. Like we, we, no, we've been ago. talking about it for years. And, and like everyone's asked, like, like, I mean, the amount of fraud in advertising is like got to be astonishing, right? Yeah. Um, and you could, you could ignore it when it was 20%. You could price it in when it was 50%. But it's like got to be inching up towards 80%. Like it's got to – there was that you, – you talked about one article, but there's another seminal New Yorker piece on how much the internet is fake. And yeah. it estimated 40%. And that's just pure fake. That's not even like people's Finstagrams yeah. and like their extra accounts. And well, so, I mean kind of like in the subprime, the reason I like it is because, you know – the subprime, you know, look, crappy mortgages had existed for a long time, but it got to the point where people were repackaging so much crap right. that it was yeah. it was just crap. I, I and I, I truly believe I I do not It'd be believe, a little crap, but like yeah. not all crap. No, yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. Once it gets so much that you can't ignore it, yeah. right? And then you like that's the that's where I think things kind of break, because what happened was you know. There was not a single player in the ecosystem that wanted it cleaned up because it just kept the price down. So if there's some fraud in there yeah. or, or, or some stuff that wasn't getting caught as fraud, mm-hmm. we'll just price it in. We'll lower, we'll lower yeah. the value. Dave Morgan used to say to me, it's not, it's, it's not fraud, it's a conspiracy. Right. <laughs> That's everyone, interesting. <laughs> everyone, everyone, yeah. had a, uh, everyone had a stake in it continuing and not being addressed. And, that's, and, and like, you know, it's a victimless crime if you're pricing it in except for the, you know, you don't, the high quality starts to leave. Like it moves to subscription, it moves to non-CPM advertising. And then what's left? Like what is being traded? Yeah. I, I, I can't, I, I think the long tail is, a, is a, just a total fiction. Like there might have been a time when the internet started that there was a long tail and there were mommy bloggers. And but now 
if you do, if you had a blog and you have a couple thousand readers, which good for you if, if you can find a way to get a couple thousand readers on a blog outside of this, but let's say it happens, and at a random CPM rate, $20, $25, you're making, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month after right. rev share. I mean, like, like no one's supporting themselves off of being an independent. Like, there are independent creators, don't get me wrong, and they exist on places like Medium and, and mm -hmm. WordPress, Facebook, but they don't make a living doing that, right? So this long tail of the internet just does not exist in that sense anymore. Okay. But you gave me two. Give me the third big media trend you're focused on. <sighs> so the diversification, the metrics that don't matter. And then I, I do think that it will be this kind of flight to quality, this flight to, to trust. So, like, so uh, you see the rise of the newsletters, right? The morning newsletters, which yeah. like have just said, the media model used to be, I need as much of your time as possible in order to uh, uh, try to make as much money as I can because that's how I'm getting impressions. Yeah. But the newsletter was magic, and I, you know, I think the skim does an excellent job of this. Uh, it's like they said, we want as little of your time as possible. Trust us. We'll figure out what you need to know, and we'll do it. So we're going to take less of your time, not more of your time. Mm -hmm. So this non-volume-based uh, approach. Uh, and you know, since then, there's been a lot that have kind of come at it in this, this realm. And I think the people will get better and better at saying, we want yeah. to use as, as little of your time as possible. I will say... So you think newsletters, sorry to interrupt, but like you, you think newsletters are kind of like a signal to something larger. I do. And I think, I think the, the really good ones build a brand and that brand again builds trust and they yeah. say, okay, I trust you that I don't need to go scouring. You know, again, like I told you, Angie didn't meet all the contractors. Mm -hmm. uh, William Shatner did not negotiate all your hotel rooms. Yes, I mean, it was, I mean, that was, that's, that's a shocking one. Some bad um, news on the newsletter front though. Okay. There's a lot of fraud involved there. Oh yeah. Cause in, it's in, not able to be verified. And so many of these people who are boasting incredibly right. large, um, email lists, got a yeah. lot of those they bought a lot of those subscribers with contests to cancun and whatnot you're not gonna maybe it's not you're, fraud you're, it's you're not gonna look you're not, you're not gonna shock me that there's tons <laughs> of fraud in it like i'm sure there is i think i think for the people who value it for the ones that you can test the the validity of how people like manage their day by how do you uh, test the validity i'm sure a lot of people have come to you and it's like hey look we started this you know newsletter and i think we could probably mm -hmm. name a couple of them yep. right now but i won't yep. and now we have you know seven hundred thousand subscribers mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm going around i'm right. like okay i'm gonna ask everyone who is right. supposedly in your mm -hmm. demographic and not one of them yeah. i've heard of you. yeah no i know I, I think you do that i think you do panel data that's what's <laughs> yeah, funny you it's like you, you go backwards you say you know can we get one can you gather people in the real world an email a well i was going to use comscore but not comscore a, a not comscore for the email newsletter world is is a great business yeah i i i i think i think building panels of of a representative sampling of of the populace like, i mean like just if you just did a bottoms up analysis you said let's just i've always wanted just to put you know especially gen z and millennial like put glasses on that just are looking forward and we just count how many ads they see in the, in the course of a day mm -hmm. and then multiply that times the number of people that there are and say, this is the total universe of ads, right? This is how many ads can, were seen today. And then I bet you that would represent 2% of what's traded, you know, yep. in terms of ads that get processed. So I think the, 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 those trends are, are interesting. I think the- And lasting. What's that? Do you think these are lasting sort of- Yeah, I think, I think the one that I'm hoping for like this kind of this gathering in the real world mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, co-view things is like, I think that there is, 
there's been so much fragmentation and there's been so much look to go back to kind of trusted sources. And, you know, this, again, nothing's new, like the Oprah book club effect, right? Oprah wasn't necessarily better at picking books than everybody else. It said if she recommended it, I know that me and my community would all read it and we'd have something to talk about. And I think content that people are all starting to, like, want some of the same so that they can connect with people over it is a big deal. I don't know if that happens this year, but I think you'll see more of it. What do you think of these media models that it's the media, it's kind of like a mullet model. It's like, (laughs) but it's like, it's media on the front, but it's DTC on the back. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by DTC? You mean mean like selling? Yeah, they're they're really commerce businesses that are using media to to drive into into commerce. I think you, you could look at it two ways. You could either say, I mean, forever every major brand has been like, well, we have to be a content company now, yeah, right? I, well, I know, but that, that was what they always said. I mean, look, I, I I always hated the term branded content. I was like, aren't all commercials branded content? Yeah. Like, if, if they're not, they're 30 seconds of sight on emotion for something. Um, the question was, did people want it? And then, and then of course, the next, the next, the next thing they'd say is, well, we'll just, we want to make stuff people want to watch. And I'm like, oh, so I could just picture David Ogilvy being like, I should have made the ads good. What was I, what was I <laughs> thinking this entire time? And then the next iteration of that is them saying, no, no, truly, we're going to have an editorial voice. Now, the, the thing that I do find interesting about this brands becoming media companies, right? Like, yeah, is that in a world where real media companies have to chase garbage metrics in order to try to make ad dollars, a commerce media company doesn't have to do that. Right. right? That's what I, I mean the reverse, honestly. Right. Because like, I think there's a lot, there's been a lot of like, and when I say brands, I mean basically product companies mm-hmm. that are then using content, you know, to defray marketing costs. Right. But in a world of high customer acquisition costs for right. a lot of these direct-to-consumer e-commerce brands, I think there's an interesting <laughs> case to be made to like cut out the CAC Using a lot of these actors, yeah, yeah, yeah. but to cut to cut down the customer acquisition costs by using media on the oh, front yeah. end. Well, I think there's I think there's a I think the only way you reduce customer acquisition costs or CAC over time is to build a brand. Ironically, like kind of circular. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen this trend of D 2 C companies where they open up a. Uh, a physical store and they're like I've well this to, is just I've been to Soho Joe yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Soho is one giant D2C store no but the um, but the but they open it and they think well this will be a flagship this will just be a Barker thing and then yeah. their their customer acquisition cost in a physical location is cheaper like there's something you know I I, uh, I find I joined the board of, uh, of Clear Channel out of home the, the billboard mm-hmm. um, company and I started in digital, went to TV, and now I'm at Billboard. So, like, I'm working my way back to smoke signals because, <laughs> nice. like, you know. Um, but the 500-pound but the, the dead canary in the coal mine on this <laughs> one is, like, if you ride the subways, it's nothing but tech companies. It's, like, uh, yeah. if you don't think they know how digital works, like, there is something rotten in the state uh, of digital. Yeah. Although, I mean, look, there's a lot of, like, venture capital that have gone into these DTC companies. I mean, I think... We have a we have a retail brand called Modern Retail that everyone should check out modernretail.co. <laughs> but uh, it you know a lot of the things that we talk about on there and that we're following very closely is like you know for example the Casper 
um, you know, Casper is sort of the bellwether mm-hmm. of, of this. And, you know, they, they finally filed and, you know, people are, what's the old Warren Buffett thing? Like no one knows if you're wearing a bathing suit until the tide no. goes out. <laughs> I think the tide is going out on a lot okay. of these DTC brands. And it'll be interesting to see if they can make it work without, you know, building money, losing businesses is, um, right. you know, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's not that hard. Right. Well, it depends. I mean, Look, there's two conflicting ideas here. You're right. Like money losing businesses like eventually have to change that. However, there is also a lot of structural inefficiencies in kind of the way things were done. So like sure. I, you do wonder where the meeting in the middle is going to happen. And and again, look look at look at what when you look at Casper's S1 and and what they're doing. Now, this is what they have to do, but they have to be diversified. Like, like every, like nothing makes, nothing's going to make enough money off of single products. Uh, just like, well, I mean, how many times you buy, I mean, maybe I'm not buying enough beds, but like, right, I, mean, yeah. I don't buy it. Like, you know, so it's like, uh, it's like yeah, every decade. Princess and the P is the ideal, uh, the ideal <laughs> customer. 100, 100 mattresses, one P. <laughs> yeah. So that's when no. you become a sleep platform, I no. guess. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I interrupted no. you. What, no, no, so, no, no. I was just going to say, like, you'll see like, like what their, what their stated, vision is it's kind of it's like what we we're talking about with media you can't just be ad supported you yeah. have to have all these other like uh all these other paths towards revenue and yeah. i think the same thing for them they're not going to be just selling mattresses now that's the theory now mm-hmm. that's what has to come next so final topic i wanted to talk to you about is subscriptions i think look everyone loves recurring revenue mm-hmm. um, you start the year with a base of revenue you, you manage your churn and you can um predict it's 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 a wonderful wonderful drug right um at the same time there are so many media properties that are trying to lean into subscriptions that yeah it, it seems to me that that this is another one where the middle is going to get crunched i think so i i mean, i i i I would agree that there's a lot of, there needs to be easy ways for people to pay for things so that they can get stuff that's high quality uh, versus stuff that is, because like nothing is really ad supported that much. I mean, like, like nothing that's normal and good for you is purely ad supported anymore, it feels like, because they have to chase volume uh, yeah. to, to live inside of those spreadsheets that we talked about. Um, and, and the average consumer for their, for their time, the time value uh, you know, I, this goes back to why attention capital, why the attention economy powers everything else. Like every company in the world, be it a mattress company to a, uh, you know, a, a D2C to a large corporate brand, everyone needs attention in order to, to sell you a product, to tell you a story, to do a thing. Um, and so it makes it your most valuable resource is what you spend your time and attention with. Mm-hmm. And the value equation right now in advertising, it hasn't been, it hasn't been right for years, yeah. like for the better part. And so I do believe that subscription, I mean, the streaming, you look at Disney Plus and Hulu ad free and yeah, there's a limit to how many things people are going to subscribe to. We're just not there yet. And then I think, you know, my personal belief on that is you'll have the kind of the great rebundling, right? Which is, yeah. I think, I think everyone loves to hate on the bundle like the bundle maybe they don't like the cable bundle in it as it is but bundles everyone loves bundles like everything's a bundle I know, i'm managing like seven different like my my entertainment stack is getting fairly yeah, complicated it's, 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 uh, kind, it's kind I of agree. like it's kind of like a media company you start with a wordpress thing and pretty soon like you've got a pretty complicated so tech i setup. think there'll be a rebundling at some level which player that's the battle as to as to who's going to kind of 
be the front door for how you pick your bundle and how you how you aggregate because it's just it's going to get harder and harder to keep using all the different services and the, you know the Disney's of the world will have their place because like they they control yeah. them their center of gravity and then attached to that will be other things to for your bundle but I do think subscription and it'll be. <laughs> It's like we keep saying it. It just oscillates, right? Exactly. And everything will be subscription, and then they'll be like, okay, we're going to work in some ads to support it to, to defray some costs, and then round and round we go. Netflix, they can have ads. Man, I, I do not know. <laughs> all right, Joe. Thank all you right. so much. Thanks so much. Bye. And thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with a new episode. 